Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Not Another FPL pod on Toto Football. It's now episode five of the show. Of course, I'm back with Rich. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm all right. Uh, FPL aside, which is funny because that's what we're going to be talking about for the next half hour, 45 minutes. But yeah, I'm all right. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Yes. Uh, the more we say with our smiles that we're talking about FPL for fun and then the lower our rank goes, it's just going to get worse and worse, isn't it? The smiles yeah, are going to turn into big frowns. We're like that that Harold gif, that old man that's smiling, but you can tell he's just dead inside. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's, well, everyone probably knows in the FPL community, it's been a bang average week. People wildcarding are only getting in the full weeks. People who have good teams of paper are only getting in the 20s or the 30s. It's been crazy. Rankings are dropping by the millions. Lots of the people out there who are arguably more prominent on the social media sites have been dropping by the millions. It just seems like a lot's gone out the window so far at the start. But look, a bit of an apocalypse at the moment. The fixtures look good for the players we have, but the points aren't coming. So this will be a bit more of a clinic surgery and a bit of like a therapy session, you know? If it helps listening to it, but for us, it's definitely going to be therapy, isn't it, mate? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, people listening and watching take take pleasure in our misery because it's been shocking this week. Like, I know, yeah, I know. I mean, I've got Son, so watching everyone clamour whether or not to get him, I was just rubbing my hands. I was like, yeah, <laughs> come on. Yeah, you bring him in. And, um, I mean, I'm just going to jump straight into it, mate. So, like, I got 100 points last week, loving life. And this week, Son, captain, I was like, here we go. Here we go. People like taking like hits or just transfers they didn't need to do, try and get him, take advantage of this incredible matchup at home to Sheffield United. <laughs> and it's Richarlison that gets all the points. It's just typical FPL. Um, yeah, I got 36 points this week, mate. Failed miserably. What about you? I think I got 34. I don't even know. <laughs> I was in Newcastle this weekend, watching a team I don't even support. Meanwhile, Palace were conceding three goals from the 87th minute onwards. I'm not going to talk too much about that. Uh, I did enough of ranting on my Let's Talk Palace pod earlier today. Ridiculous, anyways. <laughs> trying to move on straight away. Captain Mate, Harlan, Edward though. scored, though. Edward scored, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. Told, we talked about that, said about that, didn't we, on the pod last week? Yes. You know what's so frustrating is if we had probably picked all our punts, mate, we'd be flying. I know that we said in a, a couple of tweets to Hibbo about um, we need to start tallying it up. Yeah. <laughs> when I got to looking at this, I was like, oh, I know that I picked Edward because he because he banged at the weekend, but I can't remember who it was I picked. Long term was Shah, who got a clean sheet, yes, but the others, yeah, can't remember. I oh, know there was some good ones as well. You did the Corot Dover Reed. Um, I know Ooh. you didn't do anything, but you did Bolly as well. But there was one you did who got some points and then... Um, I tried for Bozai, looked good, but I don't think he got any it, yeah. points. Um, but we, we definitely got some. We got we definitely got some points in there, and if we probably kept some of these players in our teams from the start, then we'd be having a lovely time in our fantasies instead of in. instead of moping around about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it will be interesting. How many uh, free transfers you got this week too? Yeah, I got two, so I'm definitely using one. Um, whether or not I want to use a second, I don't know. But yeah, I'm going to see. I'm going to wait for all this midweek football to finish and then go from there. Yeah, well, look, we'll dive into the show. 
and lovely stuff there. A little bit of a sick way, midweek football, meaning for the big teams in our things we learned category, rotation is back. And obviously things we learn is just stuff we've learned over the past week or so. The first one for me is the rotation is back. And with Champions League now here, feels like managers are rotating more than ever they have before. Big clubs have so many good players available. Even the smaller clubs have so many good players available. So they're rotating just for fun of it. Lots of injuries now happening. Even, I know he was a sub for Spurs, but Perisic today, another ACL injury. Yeah. They're happening a lot, aren't they, mate? Yeah. I mean, because I'm quite into my NFL as well. And a lot of the NFL research, it's it basically is linked to the, uh, they're called the cleats in America, the studs on the bottom. So, you know, back in the day, in my day, when we played football, it was round metal studs. So your rotation with your foot was just seamless. But because they've got these long bladed studs on some of the moulds now, like it's more difficult for players' knees to turn. And that okay. is attributed to some of the ACL stuff in America. Um, but yeah, a- ACL injuries, brutal. And especially for a player of Perisic's age. Yeah. Um, yeah, he he might not come back from that properly. It's just such, such a savage injury at that stage in his career. Yeah, honestly, them injuries are causing it, but then other injuries actually might prevent the ro- rotation for us a little bit. Got Man yeah. City, got yeah, a lot of injuries. Um, I think Liverpool, they're doing all right at the moment. Man United, got a lot of injuries. Uh, well, we don't really want Two. them, even though we do. 2 down already tonight in the Champions League. Yeah, oh, God. I own on a man. <laughs> It gets to a point, yeah. like, it's like a month in of a new signing at United, and I always just start feeling sorry for them. It's just a, it's just a pattern, and... I don't, I don't Yeah, well, yeah, of course, course. But, you know, like, I, I, I tweeted out, um, just maybe it's not to do with the players as much. Maybe it's just the coaching is bang average, and no, I think they... It's all the Glazers' of... fault, mate. It's all the Glazers' oh, yeah. fault. Sorry. It's, I haven't... it's their fault. The, the oh. 400 million that Ten Hag's had since he's been yeah. in, but still the Glazers, they're not, they're not doing their job properly. Yeah. I was just looking. I have a bit of yellow and a bit of green there, so that's my that's me standing in protest, so <laughs> I, I support them as well. <laughs> we need to stop bashing United every week. Yeah, that's we, enough now. That's enough. Sorry, guys. <laughs> We're going to get some dislikes on the YouTube for this, I feel, at some point oh. down the line. <laughs> But uh, I'll move on quickly. Uh, Newcastle can rotate their front six. Um, proving really hard to know what starting lineup they're going to go with, especially in um, the wings, for sure. And then yeah. the positive thing I think we've learned from this rotation is that players like Wilson, Doku, Trossard could actually become usable players at times with no fear of rotation. Like Doku's looking really good, and he was actually rested yesterday but had to come on due to injury. But you'd expect him to get a lot of game time right now, wouldn't you, mate? You are spoiling my differential punt, but that's <laughs> fine. I'll allow it. Um, yeah, mate, uh, you make a great point about Man City and the injuries, basically meaning there's almost like a lack of rotation there. So, you know, your Phil Foden's, your Alvarez, um, they're going to play because they've got that many injuries. He, Pep hasn't really got a choice. He's got to play these players. I know that Grealish was seen back in training today, but... I can't imagine he's going to start this weekend. So it will probably be Doku on one of the wings. Foden has been doing well centrally, so he might just stay there. Uh, but Bernardo Silva's injured, so he might shift um, Foden onto the right, for example. You don't know, but it just means they're playing. And that's what we need from the likes of the Man City assets. Um, yeah, I mean, everyone's talking about Trippier, for example, as a Newcastle asset to bring in. 
Tino Livermento could easily slot in there in the easier games just to sort of get him some minutes. Yeah, it's it's tricky because especially with Newcastle players on the menu this week, like yeah, tough one. Yeah. They're putting big shifts in as well, like like nil nil at the San Siro. That's not easy to do, you know. You're playing again. You played a hard game against Brentford as well, you know, only scoring a penalty, so they had to put a lot of effort into that. So yeah, it is really interesting to see how these next couple of weeks line up now that we get fully into the Champions League. Um, I actually saw as well suspensions will come into play soon. There's already players with four bookings or more, you know. It's ridiculous. Um, but anyways, moving on to our second thing we learned this week. I've brought up Nicholas Jackson. He clearly has potential, but with his age, 21 years old, and the sheer amount of pressure on him, he's struggling, getting big opportunities, can't seem to find the net. And uh, Rich, have you put him in your team yet? And what do you think of the player? So he's not in the team that I write about for her, Fancy Football Hub. Uh, I over I went with Sterling because there was a combo. I could either do Foden and Jackson or Sterling and Alvarez. It was something basically I need I wanted to keep some money back for this week with the Newcastle defenders. So I opted for Sterling and Alvarez, which paid off nicely. But I have got Jackson in sort of like my own personal team that I play with my mates. And yeah, he's like I mean, you know, great XG. He's unlucky. He's I think he's he's underperformed his expected FPL points by like 14 points. He's meant to have scored. They expect him to score like 25 based on the opportunities he's having. He's only got 11. So, yeah, he's underperforming. But he's one of the guys you're talking about that's won yellow card away from a bat. So it might just be worth shipping him off anyway. You know, we've got the likes of, uh, you know, people are talking about Morris because he's got a double game week. You've got Julian Alvarez, who's Pepper said as undroppable, which probably means he's rested in the next game. But still, you know, you've got players you can move off of Jackson onto now. So, yeah, I feel like he's been unlucky, but Chelsea on a whole have been unlucky. They haven't been able to hit a barn door. So, yeah, I I can't call which way that's going to go, mate. Yeah, because a lot of people brought him in, you know, and his points have been one one seven one one, which is just ridiculously bad for the amount of people that brought him in. Bad for the potential he had. The bookings that you highlighted there, I think about three or four of them are actually for dissent, not even for like actual fouls. So it's just unnecessarily stressful stuff for your fantasy. But then you look at the little stats, you know, the FPL stats they got this year, the ICTs, his creativity season eight found night two, you know, threat's good, his um index is good as well. So yeah, if it was me, I'd be cutting my losses. I've been keeping on Watkins and he's just been kind of out, outscoring him by slowly ticking along. Um, yeah. Obviously you want more from him, but you know, it's been decent. It's been decent, hasn't it? Um, for Watkins, not for Jackson. And no, yeah. yeah. Chelsea look as well. They don't, they're not, they're underperforming. They had some of the easiest fixtures to start the season, didn't they? Yeah. I mean, that's it. And that's why like some people even started the season with Jackson because they were like, I don't, that's a transfer I don't need to make then in like game week three. I'm going to start with him. He's going to get used to the team. He's going to acclimatise. And then, bang, Luton. You know, everyone's going to love it. He gets his goal against Luton, fine. But he's just done nothing else. And like you say, it's the petulant bookings. He's racked up four already. I'm, yeah, I would say cutting your losses isn't a bad shout, to be honest. He might score against Villa. Maybe. Like, I'm not not 100% confident in it. But, you know, you wouldn't be... I wouldn't criticise somebody for going this week, to be honest. Yeah. 
it's uh, really interesting when Alvarez is back on form, you know. I know people worried about his rotation, but end of the day, he probably will come better. Third thing we learned this week, the third and final thing we learned this week, and we'll see Rich's smile start to beam more and more that I talk about the opening point here, and it's Salah is quietly back at his best. He may not be firing the goals every week, but since the start of FPL this season, Salah is the only FPL player to have got scoring points every week, and his scoring points have been 5, 5, 5, 8, and 10. So they're even going up now. I think he's about 25% owned. Is he back to his best, Rich? No. Excluding fantasy for a minute, right? Mo, Mo Salah, as just an overarching footballer, is doing well for Liverpool right now. Like, he's a proper team player. He's creating, you know, sometimes we're not putting the ball in the back of the net, but this this was quite similar at the back end of last season. So he was getting more assists than he was scoring goals. Now, that's great in real football terms. And I'm, I'm as a Liverpool fan, I'm delighted that he's contributing in the way he's contributing. But from an FPR point of view, if you're spending £12.5 million pounds on a player like Mo Salah, you need the goals as well. You need it, like... If you look at like in just thinking about it, I haven't got any figures off the top of my head, but on a just on a points per million basis, it's not enough. So he needs to start scoring more. He's still leading the way for Liverpool in terms of shots and shots on target. The only person he's behind for shots in the box is my main man, Luis Diaz. You know? But Luis Diaz, as you saw at the weekend, gets rotated out. There's you can't rely on him for the minutes, whereas you can with Salah. So I know that our fixtures get really tasty from game week nine. So if you're wildcarding around, then you're probably going to include Salah and just see how you get on. But I need those goals to come back from an FPL point of view for me to be like, I've got to get him in because, yeah, he got a couple of assists at the weekend. He got a 10 point, didn't he? But it's the goals that sort of like, you know, even, I mean, last season, even when he get a brace, sometimes he wouldn't get a bonus because he's so wasteful yeah. for the goal. So it's like, I'd still like to see those goals for that much money, but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna see it. We're like we'll see what happens in the next few weeks, and then I'll I'll make a decision on him. Yeah, and I think you're right. You know, when you say about game week nine, because his next three fi- fixtures are West Ham, Spurs, and Brighton. So that's that's like the true test for him. I know there has been some hard fixtures already for Liverpool, but they're really hard games at the moment. And if he can come away with a few goals from then, then you are going to get a lot of people jumping on that. Because at the end of the day, is there any point of like dividing money across your midfield when you've got someone who's being more reliable and all the other big boys aren't? You know what I mean? So when wild season comes, I definitely agree with you there that a lot of people yeah. are going to start thinking about him for sure. I mean, from game week nine, just quickly, I mean, and also just to mention in terms of like, top point scorers this season he's fourth so he's doing right like he's doing right um but yeah for game week nine Everton at home not so far as at home Luton away Brentford at home tough one Man City away tough one but he could, he's got a great record against Man City right Fulham at home Sheffield United away Palace away yeah that's from nine to 16 that's a great run so most people can only get him if they wild card otherwise they're you know they're making they're taking a four a minus four or minus eight so yeah We've got a couple of weeks. We've got a couple of weeks, but um, I think if I wildcard around then, I'd be silly not to try and squeeze him in just to just to see what happens. And fair play to people going early. He might he might start nicking a goal or two, but 
yeah, I need to see the goals first, mate. Yeah, actually, just just a thought. You're a Europa League now this season, not Champions League. Does Klopp rest him more in this competition? And if he if you saw him do that and pick the other assets, would you then find him more of a favourable pick for FPL? I really hope we play second string football in the Europa League. Like it's, I know it's disrupt, disrespecting the competition, maybe, but like Thursday, Sunday is no joke. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard for teams, you know. Fortunately, our schedule—I'm sound American—but like you know, our group stage is quite favourable in terms of travel, so it's not too bad. Um, but I'm hope I'm hopeful that he uses it as an exercise to get the youngsters some experience in first team football. You know, Salah might play. He might he might travel. Might go on the bench. I'd expect that, but I really hope he's not going to be playing every single week in the group stage of the Europa League because yeah. he doesn't need to. Like, I'd rather. Yeah, our focus is getting back into the Champions League this year. So, my preference would be to rest him. But we've got quite defensively, not so much, but attacking. We've got quite a decent squad depth now. Yeah. So, yeah, I I would I'd have no issue with just resting him every week. But they might bring him on if we're drawing yeah. to win the game or whatever. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it does make it a bit more interesting. I think you'll see a lot more FPL managers if they see him getting rested, be like, I've got a jump on it. Um so it'll be actually be really interesting to see what happens there. But that's the things we learned this last week. We'll move on to our next section of the show, which is punts of the week. This week me and Richard both picked three players who are under 10% owned at the time of recording. I will jump in first with my first one. And I've picked Callum Wilson this week. And we've been talking about rotation before. He is 7.8 million, 5.4% owned. But he did get the nod last weekend as how rotated his squad for the Champions League. Could easily happen again because they played a very tough game midweek. More so, he actually only scored the only goal of the game. No, it was a penalty, but still good to see. Last two weeks, not, not the biggest, but he's had six points and five points. The reason I've kind of punted on him this week is he's got Sheffield United side conceded in all their fixtures so far, conceded at least two goals in the last four game weeks. It's a punt. It's definitely a punt because I don't know if he's going to start. But yeah, Rich, how do you think Wilson would be for an FPL punt of the week? I mean, I kind of feel like he's he's first choice, if that makes sense. I know that Isaac's a great player, signed him for a lot of money, as that's what Newcastle do now. Um, but... I think Wilson is probably first choice and he's just, he's always been lethal, hasn't he? Like he's always been really good in front of goal. Um, the fixture this week, I know that Spurs struggled against Sheffield United. I kind of feel like where Burnley, which is next week's fixture, just attack and you've got more chance then. Sheffield United might try and make it difficult. Um, so I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that Wilson won't score. I'm not saying he won't do well, but. I think it might be tougher than you know we let you know we're expecting a bit like what Spurs found, um, but yeah, I you know I fully expect him to do something. And of course, he's on pens, so yeah, he, he can always nick a goal, can he? Yeah, for sure. I'd be interested to see how idea how it lines up because then that'll kind of help us a bit more long term post games that they play as yeah. well. So yeah, it'll be interesting. But yeah, who's your first one, mate? Uh, I've gone for Newcastle as well, and this is a returning um, a returning character. Uh, it's Fabian Shah again, so <laughs> five mil, still 3.1%. I think that's because most people are going for Botman, 
which I can understand because he's half a million cheaper, but Botman's about 16% owned, so I can't put him in this. Um, Shah has actually got the highest XG for all Newcastle defenders. Um, And he's nailed. He hasn't missed a beat. He's played 90 every week. Um, Only City and Brighton have got better odds of a clean sheet this week as well. Um, And also something that I've just thrown in for a bit of spice, Sheffield United have conceded the most attempts from set pieces so far. Like, we know that Shah we know that Shah likes a likes a cheeky attempt from a corner. So you could be looking at a fifteen pointer. Yeah, I, I I agree with that. It could be a really big game for him. He likes a long shot as well, you know. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see. I really like that one. I like it. I like I'm not um shocked that we've both picked one Newcastle week, especially with that fixture. <laughs> Arguably, I actually think Sheffield United have looked the best out of the promoted side. You know, they're actually scoring a lot. Um, although it's only the odd, the odd one here and there, they are scoring, um, which is yeah. just what you need to see from like a relegation battle inside. So that will actually be really interesting to see how they fare in that game. Uh, I will move on to my second one. And it is Brentford's goalie Flecken. 4.5 mil, 3.1% owned at the time of asking. Brentford looked good in their game against Newcastle. I think it took a, I know it was technically flecking, giving it away. Bit of a dodgy pen for them to concede as their only goal of the game. Look, people are going to give that penalty and people aren't going to give that penalty. I think Gordon combined with that sort of penalty in my head is a dive. Uh, so that's just how I kind of feel for that one. But up next for them is an Everton side who only scored two goals this season. And that was in one game against Sheffield United. So look, I'm maybe risking it because there may not be many save points here, but I just think Brentford are due a clean sheet home form as well, you know. Yeah, I mean, I like Flecken. I think he's a great goalkeeper, like as an option in FPL. Um, in terms of saves, like he's say he had four saves against Spurs, four against Palace, three against Bournemouth, and that's going to help his bonus. So if he's keeping a clean, those save points are going to help his bonus. Arguably, I don't know how many shots Everton will have this weekend, so it might not be like a heavy one. And of course, they might score. You know, you just never know in FPL. It's like like the Palace goal against Brentford, ridiculous yeah. goal. Yeah, you know, um, unfortunate for Brentford, but yeah, I really like Flecker, mate. I think he's a good shout. Yeah, I like it, and that Anderson goal against Brentford should have been goal of the month in the Premier League for the just <laughs> sheer Stop it. stupidity of it. Sly tackle going in, mate. That is. You know what? If someone like He's Graham Stevens was on this podcast, he'd be back in that every day of the week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll bounce on to your one, mate. Who have you picked? i tell you who Sunis wouldn't be back in, and that's Luca Dean. That is my next pick, mate. And wow. Um, I mean, I chuckle saying it because he's such a troll. But he's 4.6 mil, 4% owned. Chelsea are in the top five teams that are conceding the most FPL points to opposition defenders. The primary reason for that is that they can't score. They can't <laughs> score, so they're clean sheets constantly, like Bournemouth. I think as a defensive unit, racked up like 28 points last week. Um, I think it was their goalkeeper got a 10-pointer, you know. So if Chelsea still can't score, then Villa are on for a clean. Um, they, Villa create most from De- Luca Dini's side as well, so he could maybe get an attack in return. Um, but like I said, he's a massive troll. He's the type that will get you an own goal and get sent off, so... It could go either way, but I just fancied him. He's a proper punt this yeah, week. That's definitely a fun punt of the week. You know, I like that. I like that a lot. I think you're right. He's actually come a bit good this season. 
obviously we've got the bit of the Moreno injury long term, but when you talk about a good pump for the week, he's definitely a good option. And you're right, Chelsea just can't score, as we spoke about earlier, which is yeah. really interesting. That that game's huge, I think. You know, Chelsea need to start picking up some points. And then yeah. if Villa can pick up points there, then they're looking good again for top eight minimum. So Yeah. Really, really tough game for both sides. Uh my final pick, I've backed the boy up here. Uh, there is, yeah. Not Sergio Busquets, obviously. We're not on uh, <laughs> we're not on MLS Fantasy. But yeah, Everett Chiesa, look, I've actually had him in since the start. He's 6.3 mil now, 8.9% owned. And obviously I'm a bit frustrated because he's only got the one goal score in return. But if you actually look at his stats, he's been so unlucky. XG of 2.15 so far for attacking mid in this Palace side, which I know Edward's doing all right, but don't have a lot of attacking quality around him. Um, with Schlupp and Ayu, they're more in there for other reasons. Ex, um, expected goal involvements are 3.33 as well. Uh, more so, he's ranked by FPL 6th when it comes to creativity for midfielders in the game. He also has the joint second most shots in the Premier League this season and the fifth most joint, uh, fifth most shots and targets, sorry. Now, when you're looking at all them, how, how has he only got one goal scorer in return, mate? Yeah, I mean he's been he's been unlucky, and he's a class player. He's so good, isn't he? Like, yeah. um, I really like him, and I think you know people on wild if people that are wild carding eight or nine, they're gonna look at play someone like Easy because he's cheap and cheerful. He's good for it. He's a nice little enabler, and like obviously he's got Fulham this week. Next week, Man United away. They've proved that they're not nothing to be scared of right now. Got Forest at home, Newcastle away, tough game. Fine, Spurs at home. Spurs are going to come right out of the trapdoors, and you guys can attack them. And then they've got Burnley, Everton, Luton. So they've got he's got a good run. So like I know with you know these are kind of like one week punts, but most people if they're getting a player in, they want to look at the longer term fixtures. And he's I would say he's got decent long term fixtures as well. Yeah, man, he just needs to come good for me, please. I say this, <laughs> I, I like him as well because home fixture he normally does better in Wolves. He scored. Um, Bournemouth towards the end of last season scored a brace. He does do a bit better at home, I feel. So that's why I kind of got him in. And I feel like we can definitely exploit that Fulham defence at the moment, um, even though they have been doing somewhat decent this season. Who's your last one, mate? So I have gone, and we've mentioned this chap. We've mentioned this chap already. I may have I have gone, Sorry, guys. Yeah, no, it's cool. I've gone, <laughs> I've gone for Jeremy Doku of Man City. He's only 0.8% owned, which, wow. I, which surprised me. Six and a half mil, so he's cheap as well. He plays on the left primarily, but he can also play on the right, played on the right for uh, his previous team. And he just looks good. Like He looks class. It's a bit like um, the Louis the Luis Diaz um, pick that I made at the start of the season. It wasn't, just, it wasn't like a vibes pick. It was like watching him and just the intensity of his play. And like, he's urgent. He wants to make things happen. Same with Doku. Like, he just looks constantly like he wants to make things happen. Forest are leakiest down that left hand, well, City's left to Forest's right hand side. They're conceding the most FPL points to opposition midfielders when they play on the road. It's a, it is a vibes pick, of course, but there's a bit of risky minutes. But we just, we've said recently, like, Man City have got some injuries. He's going to play. I feel like he's going to play. It might be that Grealish comes on for him or vice versa, but he looks God in the eye and he could, he could tear Forest a new one if he does play. Yeah, you know what's absolutely frightening about this transfer, like both in FPL and just in real life, is that it's given City a whole new dimension, and that is they've yeah. got a player who could just take on players for fun. Yeah, 
and that gives Haaland more opportunities as well. You know what I mean? It's now another thing that other defenders have to stop. And he's looked really sharp, looked really good, really excited signing. Be interesting to see how he does. And yeah, against Forrest last season, Forrest got battered. I think it was a Haaland hat trick last season. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see if they can do the yeah. same again. <laughs> it's like you say, he just he's going to cause panic, and when. When when the players you know they're panicking they're not calm that's when your Harlands your Fodens or Alvarezes they can get their own space then because everyone's trying to sort of stop Doku yeah they can have a field day Forest haven't got their uh, thinking caps on yeah for sure and I think uh, he was on for like a minute or two yesterday when he came on and he already completed a dribble fast player and it's just ridiculous yeah he's you know? so good confidence he's got things you love to see for sure. That was our punts of the week. Be sure to let us know on Twitter at underscore Toto Football. If you give them a go, be sure to berate us if they don't help you at all. You know, <laughs> they are just tips. Don't feel free to slate us if you want to on them. Anyways, let's move to our other weekly topic now. And that is the most chances conceded data where we look into a bit of the stats behind where the teams are leaking goals. Rich, as always, I hand this to you. Yes, man. So yeah, as always, these uh, this data and all the data on the pods taken from Fancy Football Hub. Um, most chances conceded from the the right hand side, Newcastle, thirty three percent. The presumption there is where Trippier's bombing on, and so people are getting in behind. Um, second, you've got Brentford, Burnley, and Luton all on thirty one percent of their chances being conceded from that right hand side, and then Brighton at thirty percent. Um, from the left, Chelsea, quite by quite a margin, actually, 36% of their chances conceded yeah. from the left. Everton, 29%. And then Forrest, 28%. And we mentioned Doku earlier. So if he's going to play and he's going to play on the left, could have a nice little uh, nice little day at the office yeah. there. Um, centrally, Arsenal, 59%. Um, but no one's really targeting Arsenal, so we don't need to worry about that too much. Um <laughs> Bournemouth, West Ham and Villa, 58%. And I've wrote down about Jota slash Darwin against West Ham this week. So I can't call who's going to start, but if yeah. either of them start, like they could, that's where Liverpool could do some damage is getting the, getting the ball to those guys in that central area. Um, and then finally, centrally, uh, Forest and Newcastle conceding 57% of their chances centrally. So, I mean, Forest. Harland, like, as if you need another reason to captain him. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah no. just, just captain Harland. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And yeah, obviously, if you want to use that data, obviously, to base some of your transfers on, that'd be really good. Um, it's working some weeks for sure. We're definitely seeing it come good. Obviously, there are some that, you know, some of these goals will obviously come from other sides. But, oh, yeah, you know... It's providing us with a lot of nice info, and as we're building up the weeks, it'll get a lot better, I think, won't it? Didn't that's what you said? When it gets a bit more into it, we can um have a lot yeah. more to do with that. I mean, it's one of those things where, like, at the moment, you're seeing you're seeing sides like Newcastle, Arsenal, uh, like topping it, but nobody's ever going to target Arsenal. Do you know what I mean? Nobody's ever going to be like, oh, um, you know, so and so are playing Arsenal this week, so I'm going to go and captain Cameron Archer because Sheffield United are playing Arsenal. But it's it's sometimes interesting when you can spot a differential that is maybe playing like a Doku, for example, and you fancy a punt. You know, you fancy a punt. If Doku was a bit more nailed, then maybe yeah, you bring him in. But um, yeah, it gets interesting as the season goes on. And the FPL points conceded data that I sort of I use in some of my differentials. 
we're only five weeks in, so it's a small sample size. And I know that people are massively keen on small sample sizes, but the more data you get, the more likely that some of these punts are going to pay off. So it's, yeah, it's fun as, as you get into it in more of the season. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, um, it's, it's nice that we put that in every week. Uh, be sure if you do like the data, then definitely uh, tune in every week just to hear that stuff because it is really useful long term as well. We will move on to the FPL, not another FPL foot fantasy football league we have. I'll yeah. let you do it again, Rich. You can sure, post this other this random person again who we still cannot find. We cannot shift this person off the top of the league. They are absolutely smashing it. So the team name is Peggy Goo. <laughs> Every week I forget what that's a reference of, but you know. <laughs> um so they've got they've got three hundred and ninety nine points already, which is it's just mental. Um, and they've retained sixth spot overall in the world. So they are absolutely smashing it. As we mentioned last week, they've used pretty much all their chips. So whether or not they can cling on to that, I don't know. Um, this week's transfer, they sold Alvarez for uh, Awanini. I can't pronounce his name. The Knott's Forest guy that's smashing it. Well smashing it. Uh, he got an assist, to be fair to him. He got five points. Alvarez got nine <laughs> Uh, so if they had rolled their transfer, they'd have an extra four points and they'd be third overall in the world. So it's fine margins. Not going to win FPL with decisions like that, are you? So, no. um, but all credit to them. They're absolutely smashing it. And um, if they if they see us on Twitter or if they just give us a shout, come on, come on the pod or yeah. something and talk to us. You know, like let's yeah, we'll have a chat with you. But yeah, fair play to sick in the world. Yeah, still can't find them. It's really annoying. Uh, I just want to put a name to the face or whatever, you know, or just, just put a name to, to Peggy Goo. Obviously, they're not the <laughs> DJ. Well, if they are, then that's ridiculous. <laughs> Mate, I'm going to have to make a note that it is a DJ because I keep forgetting. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely for sure. And we'll see if we can ever get close to 399 points because at the moment it doesn't feel like that, does it, mate? <laughs> Maybe by the end of the season, yeah. Bloody hell. <laughs> well, just that kind of therapy leads into um, the emergency clinic we're going to do this week. Just a few little uh, questions we're going to chat about. Nothing too major, but just kind of questions that people are asking this week that I've seen on Twitter and stuff. Before we go into that, we'll just quickly dive into our teams for game week six. You're saying you're only going to go and do one transfer. Have you decided it's a Newcastle player, basically? Yeah, I think so. So, I mean, all the roads for the Fantasy Football Hub team are pointing to Botman. Um, if I sold Chill, I've got naught point. I've got two free transfers and I've got naught point seven in the bank. So yeah, I could get to Trippier if if I downgrade somebody else, but. I mean, that would probably be a midfielder. I don't really want to sell Son right now. I don't want to sell Rashford. Luis Diaz, I'm at least going to give him this week again. Um, and Or maybe even see if he plays in the Europa League. Yeah. Um, I don't fancy selling Sterling just yet. Um, and I'm not going to sell Saka. He's not going anywhere. So for me to get to Trippier from Chilwell, I'd need to downgrade a Stupinan or Udogi or Edison. And I just don't feel like I want to do any of those. So... What I'll probably do, rather than sell Chilwell in the hope that he starts playing again, is I'll do Bulldog to Botman. And I might even do that tonight if the prices look like they're going to change. Um, because that, you know, that it's like a, that could be a 0.2 swing if one's going up and the other's going down. Um, and then roll the second transfer because I've already got Alvarez. I know people are clamoring for Alvarez or people are always clamoring for these players I've already got. But, um, yeah, so I've already got Alvarez. So I don't need to worry about that. 
it's just then if I wanted to, um, I could even go like Edison to Pope if I want to double up on the Newcastle defence, but I don't know if that's the best use of a second transfer. What about you? I don't even, this is why it's in the emergency clinic section, mate, because I don't even want to talk about mine. Obviously, I've got Rashford and Bruno Fernandes who are doing nothing, even though all their fixtures look decent. At the moment, I've also got Kabore in my defence. I know they're playing Wolves at home, but that's how drastic it is right now. Um, I'm I'm not normally this mad, bad mate, I promise, but I've got Udogi and Bulldog as well. Yeah. As Estepinian and Chilwell. And at the moment, I've got Estepinian, Kabore, Chilwell. Uh, mm-hmm. I know Spurs can get uh, attacking little clean sheet, but I just don't see him doing it, um, doing an attacking return and a clean sheet in this game. That's why I've benched him. But yeah, I've got Eze, Madison, Saka, Harlan Watkins. And I'm just looking and I'm like, I just don't know what to do. I, the, yeah. The, you know, it's probably, I want to get Chilwell out, I think. He's just annoying me. And I don't like the way Pochettino's using him. I've moaned about this before. He's using him to attack him, you know. Um, he's not playing to the strengths of his Chelsea team, which for some reason seems to be an issue with most managers lately. And I just think that's because they don't pick the signings as much as it kind of feels like they do, if that makes sense. I think a lot of the signings being made are made because of scouting and the owners and the managers don't get as much say. And I think it just tells with every time we see a manager come in, they've got players playing out position or the tactics the manager is playing is not to the tactics we've seen before. So for me, Chilwell, obviously I could really wildcard if I wanted, but um, I know you said it before, mate, leading on, should people be wildcarding or holding out? Those... I mean, I'll ask you the question that I'd ask these guys. It's like, if this week hadn't happened, you know, if you, if you'd done right, it was a, a better scoring week. You wouldn't even contemplate it. You'd look, you'd be looking at your team, be like, these are a good set of lads. I don't necessarily want a wild card just yet. I've got a plan. You stick to your plan. I know people have what have, have not knee jerks, but they've decided actually, yeah, I need to. But you know, like. Rashford, Burnley this week, Burnley. You know, give you've got you've got to do that. Like, I I don't think you need to wild card just yet, mate. How many free transfers do you say you've got? Two. You already Two. You, you rolled it. Yeah, see, mate, you could even take a minus four. Do free transfers. Yeah, mix it up a little bit. It's only four points at this start at the start of the season. You recover that easy enough. But like the wild card is so such a powerful chip that once it's gone. You know what's so what you know some of the guys that wildcarded last week got like forty odd points and they're they're like oh I'm happy with that like you can't be can't be happy yeah, with that I wouldn't be happy like, with that from wildcard for sure yeah like you know I think we just need to write off game week five as a freak week it was nothing happened um, and just yeah we'll just see what happens this week a lot of the players that everyone's picked they've got a good fixtures still because they've picked them based on those fixtures. Some sometimes it happens in FPL, you know, but it's just important not to overreact. And so, yeah, I think you know, you know, two transfers, three transfers, we can get you on the on the straight and narrow again, mate. Don't worry. Yeah, I think for me as well, it's I definitely do a defender, probably to Newcastle. Yeah. Do mm-hmm. I then do something like a Watkins? Watkins has Wolves, but he does he has Chelsea and Brighton before Wolves. 
So, and they've got Europe now to deal with. Watkins is playing less minutes and Duran is on fire for them when he plays at home. He scores free and free at, at Villa Park, their sub striker who's been yeah. coming on for Watkins. So I could really take Watkins out if I wanted, because I know he's ticking along, but not ticking along enough for my liking at the moment. So I could do like a Alfred and a Botman. Yeah, I think it, I think I think a lot of it depends on I think you kind of want what you want to do is get your get your wildcard strategy sorted. So like think to yourself, when do I want a wildcard? Because then you can play to suit that. So like if for example you just lock it, not lock in as such, but you say to yourself, right, I'm gonna wildcard in game week nine, right? You could just play the next three weeks as you see fit and be yeah. like, right, I'm gonna focus on these next three weeks now. And then you're going to go for somebody like a Morris, right? You're going to go for that double. Um, you look at the other players that have got decent fixtures in the next three weeks because you're almost dead ending into that wild card. So you could do it that way. Um, I just, yeah, I just don't feel like wild carding now will help you because unless you go, unless you go really early on some players that have got some tricky fixtures for the next couple, but then their fixtures get good. So say, for example, you went for a Trent and a Salah, you're not going to score well necessarily in the next couple of weeks, but then you might do all right. So you might as well just like take a minus four this week, for example, and then wildcard and longer term, that'll probably benefit you more. Yeah, I think so. And that's not just for my team as well, people. That is also Richard's advice for any team. So um, take your time with the wildcard unless you really drastically need to do it. Um, Moving on, just briefly, Man United and Chelsea assets, they are letting everyone down at the moment. Man United right now are 4-2 down. Hodgland or Hoyland? Oh, are they really? 4-2 down. Harry Kane penalty oh. in there, conceded in the 92nd minute. Casemiro scored and Hodgland scored. What do you do with uh, Man United assets and what do you do with Chelsea assets, mate? Keep? Um... Yeah, I mean, just having a quick look at the fixtures. Burnley away, I wouldn't sell Man United players ahead of Burnley away. Like we mentioned it earlier in the pod, Vincent Company's got them attacking teams. And, you know, I'm not saying that United could lose that game 4-2, like they're, you know, like they're losing tonight. But you guarantee that Rashford or Bruno is probably involved in those goals. Or Hoshland. I know that Jan, um, who we've had a bit of chat with over the last few days, and he gave me a lovely shout out a couple of days yeah. ago legend um he's big on hosland and he could do well i'm not saying but go and buy hosland but what i'm saying is united are still they're still a good side you know they're still a good side they're getting used to a new striker they've got some injuries but after burnley they've got palace at home i you know don't get me wrong i think palace can turn them over and not just because i'm chatting to you but i think they could turn them over they've got brentford the week after that's a tough game again um sheffield united so the next four, I don't think they're they're not horrendous fixtures. So, Man United, I'd probably be, I'd probably hold for the next four. If we just, if we were to start saying, look, we're going to wildcard in nine. That's the easiest thing to do, right? Let's just hold off, guys. Let's relax. Wildcard in nine. Hold your seat. Yeah, how do you hold your United assets for the next four? Chelsea again, Villa this week. That's that's not an easy game. But then they've got Fulham and Burnley. I'd, yeah, I'm not saying hold free because uh, some people have got Chilwell, Sterling, and Jackson. You can maybe start downgrading a little bit. I think Sterling 
I'd probably keep Sterling over Jackson of the two because there's more outs with Jackson. There's Morris, there's Alvarez, for example. Whereas with Sterling, you know, the midfield's pretty packed already. So unless you've got some money in the bank, I, I still think I'd probably keep Sterling over the two. You can maybe start downgrading, but again, ahead of game week nine, if we're saying this fictional wildcard, Villa, Fulham, Burnley, and then you wildcard. And then you're going to want to get rid of them because they go Arsenal, Brentford, Spurs, Man City, Newcastle, Brighton. So it's like, yeah, then you can get rid of them. So I'd probably, I'd keep United and I'd start siphoning off my Chelsea assets. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think you're exactly right there. I think when you've got Fernandes and Rashford, there's no uh, rotation risk as well with them two at the moment. So it's not like you're getting players in who could be rotation risks, for example, like Liverpool assets, like Man City assets, you know? So that's obviously a better thing. And Chelsea, look, they have no Champions League. Looking a little bit more solid offensively is their issue. And I like that you said Sterling over Jackson, because I also think he can just contribute a bit more on the pitch. Jackson can get a bit isolated. He is getting chances, but, you know, he's not there to assist. Sterling's a bit there to do both, if he can. So, I feel like Sterling's more explosive as well. Like he can, I mean, days gone by. Sterling has got me like nineteen pointers on, like thirty-eight pointers on captaincy, forty-two pointers even. I remember um, he got a hat trick against Brighton, and the third one came off his shoulder as he was falling over. That's the kind of luck that you need. Like, but Sterling can be that that explosive player. Whereas Jackson, if he gets a couple of goals, his confidence might get up. But he's looking more like Timo Werner than. Uh, Didier Drogba right now, for example. Yeah, definitely agree. And then finally in the emergency clinic, we spoke about him before, Alvarez. Is it a worry now that he's a bit like Almiron of last season where he is going to bang for a bit and then either be rotated a bit or have less minutes and get less points? Or the way he's playing, do you see him as actually just a really good player, an FPL player? So I look at... There's a lot of stats that I look at and one of them is like expected sort of goal involvement and like a combined total of your expected goals and your expected assists. And he is outperforming those. You can't, he is. The question is, is that because he's a good player, like a great player? So you look at someone like um, Son, for example, always overperforms his XG and that's because he's a good finisher. So like something that has got an XG of 0.2, Son is more likely to score that than me because Son is an elite finisher, right? So you've got to ask yourself, yeah. is Alvarez an elite finisher? Is he a is he a great player? And I think he is. So yeah, he's overperforming. He might recede a little bit. But in terms of his nailedness, I know that Pepper said he's undroppable, which probably in Pep language means he's getting rested this weekend. Yeah. But um I still think he's a great pick I, with their injuries as well. De Bruyne means that Alvarez is kind of playing more frequently. Uh, he's on some set pieces as well. You know, he's taking free kicks and that. Something really important ahead of this week is that we might get a City League because the deadline is one thirty on Saturday. We're probably going to get team news and Man City are one of the three o'clock kickoffs. So as anyone, anyone out there that's listening, that's thinking, I'm going to bring Alvarez in, you can, I know he's probably going to go up in price another point one, right? You can afford to wait, wait for that team news, 
because you don't want to bring him in and then he's benched because it's a waste of transfer. He might come off the bench and score, but you can afford to wait now. And if the lineup gets leaked that he's starting, just plug him in, plug him in and see what happens. To- uh, Forest this week, Wolves the week after. Yes, Arsenal away isn't great. But then if we go back to this fictional wildcard that we're telling everyone to do in game week nine, and don't have a go at us if it goes wrong. I'm probably <laughs> going to walk on a game tonight. But what I'm saying is, he's got a couple of good fixtures. Arsenal away, he could grab a goal there if he plays. But I feel like at the moment, he's he's pretty nailed. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think his stat, he's 23, but his stats are 21 goals and nine assists in 57 games for City. Now, I know that's not all Premier League. But just for when we were thinking the lack of game time he got last season, it's really good that how he's performing this season. Five games, two goals, four assists in the Premier League. Last season, um, <clears throat> didn't feel like this, but he got nine goals in the Premier League. So, you know, it's actually yeah. quite a high tally. And if he's getting more game time now, I think he's going to beat the double digits and that and possibly an assist as well. So he could be a really, really exciting asset. And yeah, I think for now, doesn't feel as risky as a lot of the other attacking options. There's not a lot of good ones out there. And he actually feels like probably one of the least, least risky. And he's cheap as well. Yeah. 6.8 mil. I mean, by the weekend, he's going to be 6.9. You can't do anything about it. that. That will happen because there's a lot of people in the world that just like they do their transfers. They don't think about it. People like engage managers like us take the point one on the chin and just see if he starts. He probably will. But how annoyed would you be if you bring him in on like Friday night and then on Saturday we get news that he's on the bench or not in the squad for whatever reason. So he's cheap. He's cheaper than Jackson. Jackson to Alvarez. If if we get the news that Alvarez starting is the easiest move this week for me. Like in like a, you know, theatrical, you know, hypothetical situation. Yeah. Yeah. Fully agree, mate. Fully agree, mate. Well, that brings an end this episode slightly longer than before because we put this little emergency clinic in it really enjoyed that personally i like the questions there um look hope you've enjoyed this week's episode not another fpl pod be sure to follow our underscore toto football on twitter as well as toto football on spotify that went up a lot last week um as well the followers on spotify so that was really nice to see we're also available on youtube where you can see our lovely football shirts I've already named you one of mine, but you know, there's a lot of Liverpool ones for them fans out there and Rich's cam. So yeah, if you want to do that, Toto Football on YouTube as well. That has been it from us. Rich, would you like to say anything else before you go? Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Like just, yeah, let us know what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong. Like feedback's a gift. If it's good, if it's bad, like if there's anything you do like, anything you don't like, anything you want us to do, please let us know. And we'll, um, yeah. We'll see if we can fit in, but yeah, we're we're here to please people and we just love chatting about FPL. So if there's anything you want us to talk about, let us know. Perfect. Well, that's been it. We will see you later.